Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Welcome to Crossbridge. My name is Kevin, and I'm the lead pastor, and uh, I am so thankful for every single one of our campuses. I think about those that are sitting at the Morris Grade School right now in, in Morris. I think about our folks in Peru, as well as every person who's listening online. I'm, I'm grateful that you are a part of the Crossbridge family. Hey, uh, we've been talking through the story, and last week we talked about a person named Paul. In fact, I told you the story of how he went from Saul to Paul, and this week we're going to pick up um, and it's actually, what I'm going to share with you is out of Ephesians, and it's, and it's Paul who's actually doing this sharing um, of the scripture that I'm going to read to you in just a moment. But just to give you a little summary of last week, we talked about the fact that Saul was on his way to Damascus, that a bright light shone around him and knocked him to the ground, um, that he got up and he was blind, and his buddies led him into the city where God orchestrated this meeting with this person by the name of Ananias who restored his sight. And then Paul went on to be like this incredible missionary. And, and we talked about how um, as he was the missionary, that his main objective, his main mission was to take this gospel to the Gentiles who, think of them this way, were the folks who were outside, the outsiders. We talked about the significance of that last week. In fact, if you missed it, I want to encourage you to go to crossbridge.church and you can check that out. So, hey, let's dive in. Ephesians chapter 3. Um, before I get there, I'm going to read it to you in just a second, verses 7 through 11. If you have a Bible, you can look there. But um, this is really an exciting week in, in the life of Crossbridge. We are one year in. If you remember about a year ago, uh, maybe you maybe you weren't here. Maybe you've been you know you've come to Crossbridge since then. You've come in the last year. We started this initiative called Far More, and this is the weekend that marks the one year anniversary. In fact, um, we said this was a two year kind of journey, and so we're halfway there. In fact, uh, you're going to hear about this at your campuses um, online. I'm sorry, it's not going to work for you, but you're getting half a cookie, and so um, we are halfway there. And uh, we are really excited about that. And I've got some, it's really, I think, some exciting things to share. But I also, I want you to hear the message, not just the update. I want you to hear the message. And so Ephesians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11, here's what it says. This is Paul. He says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I want to pray for us. Father, thank you so much for every person who's coming desiring to hear from you. I pray that you would help me as I do my best to share your word, to share this story today, to share the significance of what you're doing in your church. 
God, we are thankful that you have called us. You've called us out and you've invited us to be followers of you and that we get to be a part of this great thing called the church. Lord, I pray that we would hear you today, that you would speak clearly and we'd have courage to obey what we hear. And I ask all of this in Jesus' name, amen. As I read that passage of scripture, there's a couple lines that I want to make sure you hear. Um, Really, they're they're found in 9 and 10, but I just want to highlight a a couple of the phrases. And the first one is this, and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery. And the second one is this, his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Here's the thought that I, I want you to wrap your head around. The church is God's design to reveal the mystery of God. Think about that for a second. The church, so, so we are, right? The church is God's vehicle to communicate to his people this great mystery of, of this relationship with him. We say mystery because I believe there's only so much we can possibly understand um, on, as we've talked about upper story, lower story, you know, where we live and what God has in store. I just believe this. There'll be things when we get to heaven, we will understand that we can never possibly understand here. And I think that's why in scripture it's referred to as a mystery because it's just, it's bigger than we could ever wrap our heads around. I think, I think most of us would probably agree with that. You know, as I said, it's been hard to believe it's been one year since um, I talked to you about far more. In fact, Crossbridge is a place where I think for the last, for its history, right, especially the last 10 years, 15 years, God has done tremendous things, that, that we've experienced tremendous growth and we've multiplied and that, that God's been up to great things. And so we have come to the place where we believe in what he's doing. We almost expect it. And I, and I don't say that out of any sort of arrogance. I say it out of a faith and a confidence that we believe that God is up to far more than we could possibly do on our own or we could possibly even imagine that he could, he could accomplish. Here's what I think about the church. The church should be an incredible picture of God. Now, I, I think it's important that I define church for you. When I talk about church, I'm not talking about buildings. I'm not talking about the Morris grade school. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, the Ottawa campus, the Peru campus. I, I'm not talking about buildings. I'm talking about the church the way it's defined in the Bible. There's, there's a word that's used for that. It's kind of a, you know, some of you, just hang with me. It's a Greek word. It's called ecclesia. That word is translated, and it's translated this, to call out from. Let me say that again, to call out from. It has to do with a group of people who are called out from the world to pursue God's purposes. So when I talk about the church in, in context of what I read in the Bible, it isn't about a building called the church. The church is living because it's made up of people like, like me and like you. In fact, we are the church. Listen to this language that has this called out language. You'll find it in First Peter. It says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Now, I want you to hear this because uh, I, I think most of us agree with this, but I'm just going to say it. 
if you think the church is perfect, right, then you just, this is probably your first Sunday. Um, the church is far from perfect because it's made up of people who we know, right, are imperfect. But isn't it incredible, even in the midst of imperfect people, that God puts his trust in this group of people he calls the church, his followers, to accomplish this God-sized mission of, of passing on his great mystery of salvation to the world. You know, um, I was thinking about, you know, I, we live in the Chicago land here where, uh, you know, Ottawa, Illinois, an hour and a half from, from the city of Chicago, and there are a lot of Bears fans. And, um, and a lot of times when I hear people talk about the Bears, it's usually with frustration. It's usually with, oh, the Bears, right? You, I mean, they're faithful. Bears fans are faithful, but they, they're frustrated a lot. In fact, if, if um, one of the things that typically is in the midst of that frustration is the, the quarterbacking of the Bears. Um, Mr. Trubisky, like, he's, he's just, if I'm just frank, he, he struggles, right? In fact, most of Bears fans, I think, would say, when you sit and watch a game, you just, you, you just want to throw the ball for him, right? You, you just want to help him. You watch it in slow motion. You watch the replays, and you complain, and you yell at him. I, I just... I believe this um, because I know, how, I know how you operate and I know how I am as a fan myself. See, I think it's so easy to sit in a recliner on Sunday afternoon and shoot holes in the Bears, right? Or, or to complain about Trubisky. Here's what I'd say about the church. It is so easy for us to critique, to sit in our chairs, complain, and say, oh, it is so far from perfect, I, I don't even want to be a part of it. But, but I just want to remind you, the moment you call out the church and you look at it critically, remember that Jesus died for her. See, Jesus would say the church, the people, if we really look at it as people, not just institution, people, Jesus died for those people, and he believes in us. So let's not be so quick to dismiss it. In fact, as imperfect as people may be, we come together— by God's grace, to be the church, to reveal to the world who he is. Uh, think of it this way. I believe this. If I were to ask you the question, what is the toughest job on the planet? What would you say? I don't care if you yell it out. Feel free, Morris, Brute. Toughest job on the planet. What would you guess that would be? Online, type it in. Here's what I would say. I would say the toughest job on the planet is being a parent. Here's my experience. In fact, when you have a kid, right, and you think you got it down, you have another kid, it's like a whole different ball game, right? Because they're different. Or as soon as you think you have it down, you actually don't. Like you hit a different stage in parenting. Like it is so hard. But when I think about parenting, here's what I think my job is. Currently, I have two teenagers. I think it's to help them to see what they can't. Help them to see what they can't. I, I think about it this way. When my kids come home and they're like, oh, I hate school. And I'm like, hey, I know you hate school, but man, your education matters. And, and there's going to come a day, like, it's going to be okay. Your education matters. You need this. Or sometimes when they're like, oh, do I really have to go to youth group? And I'm like, yes, because youth group matters. You need good friends in your life, and you need these adults that are pouring in your life. You need it more than you know, right? Or there's been many times over the years I've said to my son, 
people are more important than screens. And, and he'll look at me and say, what? You know, as he's looking at a screen. There's things that I know he can't see now, that she can't see now. There's times when I say, trust me, Jesus has a plan for you. Or I say, you're loved, you're awesome, you're beautiful, you're handsome. And here's what I know. You know, I've told them, hey, you, you may feel so like, like not handsome, not beautiful, not perfect, but God doesn't make mistakes. See, I want them to hear from me. I want them to see what I see. And what I know is from their limited perspective, they just can't. Hey, here's what I think about the church. God wants to use us, the church, the people, right, to help the world to see what they can't see. I want you to think about it this way. See, I think there's a world who, who's asking the question, who is God and is he real and what does this really mean? And, but here's what I believe. God wants to use the church to show the world what they can't see. Think about it this way. He wants the world to see from their limited lower story perspective that through him, like there are things that can be that they can't even wrap their heads around. Like, what would it look like for us to live in a world where forgiveness is practiced often? What does it look like for us to live in a world where someone can literally change directions in their life and how we would describe it is that they can start with a brand new life? What, what's it look like for, for people to discover that it's not just about being happy on different occasions, but they can actually have true joy? Or what does it look like for people who are in the midst of stress and the worries of life that could actually find peace in the midst of it? Or what does it look like in this world when people actually experience unconditional love? See, I think when the church begins to take on the characteristics of God and we begin, when I say the church, us, we begin to live those things out that people see, they get a glimpse of the mystery of God. They see what he looks like. I love the way Paul believes in God and he believes in the church. Ephesians chapter three says this. This is the whole thing that's centered around this far more. Now to him who's able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. What a powerful verse that God is able to do far more than we could ask or think. And it's his power that is working within us to make it happen. And here's the deal. When he does it through his church, when he does it through us, he gets all the glory. It all points back to him. That's, I believe, the beauty of the church. See, we've been praying that prayer for the last year. And we're going to continue for the next year to pray, God, may you be that kind of God in the midst of our church, in the midst of us, in the midst of our community, in the midst of our world. Would you be the God who does far more than we could ask or think according to your power that is at work within us? Because we want you to get the glory and we want it to point to you, not to us. I look back and I think about um, even this last year, what does it look like? You know, we talked about God doing far more in our community. And I, I think about um, our campuses and I think about even together, uh, I think about Feed His Children, 29 different schools, over 500 bags a month of groceries that go to hungry, hungry kids. I think about our Ottawa campus and I think about this year, the participation in things like Scarecrow Fest and Labor of Love and small groups that come alongside families and different projects. 
I think about Peru, and man, there's some great things. There are some great things. God has done far more in that community through the Peru folks than, than I believed could happen this year. I think about a summer sports camp of like first through sixth graders that showed up for basketball. Um, I think about um, a group of people who showed up from our, from our Peru church to bless the LP teachers, um, LP high school, and for like a teacher appreciation lunch. I think about them getting ready to serve at the Peru Christmas celebration. In fact, one of our Crossbridge kids was asked to flip on the light switch to turn, to turn on the, the city tree. You know, it reminds me of, um, what's that? Uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank, but it's the, the movie with, this is like a game of Chevy Chase, right? Um, anyway, I'll skip that. I, then I think about this, right? I think about even something that was so cool they started this year. They started a brand new worship service in, at Liberty Village uh, Retirement Home. What a beautiful picture of a church that says we're going to make a difference in the community. I think about Morris, who's partnered with 5Ks, who's passed out lots of water, who honored the first responders in Morris, fire departments, uh, a police station, taking pizzas to them. I think about a group that's kind of owned the school they're in, and they're beginning to make a difference, from partnering with the PTO to collecting backpacks and binders for the kids at Morris Grade School. I think about an online campus who has actually provided ways for people to give to feed his children by the clicking of a button that food can be sent. I believe our campuses are making a difference in the communities they're a part of far more than we ever have in the past. I think about far more in our world. We knew that was a goal, right? Partnership. Um, we have a partnership with missionaries in the Dominican Republic. And uh, I'm so thankful for them. We sent a team of 14 people that went for a week just a month or two ago. And we have two more trips planned in the summer of 2020. I also think about every week us taking 6% of, of what comes in and giving that just to support Nazarene missionaries around the world. And I think about the last four years total that we've had a partnership with Team World Vision, that this is incredible, that a church that's come together across all campuses, they gave $377,000 to provide clean drinking water for children. It's amazing. And then I think about far more in our church. You know, um, across all of our campuses just over this last year, I think about October to now, right? October to October, we've had 54 people start a relationship with Jesus Christ. We've had 31 people who've entered the waters of baptism and 50 people who've committed to belonging to the mission of Crossbridge through membership. I look at all this and I can't help but say, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing because it's more than I could ask or imagine. If you'd have told me a year ago that all this stuff would take place uh, I, I wouldn't have been able to see it. But, but not only do I see it, but I trust we're only halfway through this thing. That all these things we're talking about, imagine uh, even a year from now, that God could even do far more than we've already seen. Now, here's why I wanted to leave us at our campuses. I, I really want to, um, it's one thing for you to hear from me. It's one thing for me to say, hey, like, this is the way the church was designed. The church was designed that we would reveal God through us, and I believe is the absolute truth. But it's one thing for me to say, this is what we're doing collectively as God's people, but here's what I know and I believe, that Crossbridge is full of stories that God is doing far more in the lives, individual lives of our people. 
And so as I was preparing the sermon this week, the thing that came to mind for me is I would love for us to hear the stories. I would love for us to be encouraged by one another that God is like moving. I want to tell you one story and I'm going to hand it off to you. Even this week I was, I was at the Ottawa campus, um, actually at, at our administrative building and a phone call came in. I was getting ready to walk out of the building and someone said, hey, do you have time to take this phone call? And I said, sure. And so I jumped on the line and, um, and here's what it was. It was a lady uh, from Crossbridge who said this from our Ottawa campus. And she said to me, she said, hey, I just wanted to call and I wanted to let you know they did the PET scan today and I have no cancer. God is good. I thought to myself, in fact, I said, man, this must be a really good day for you. Uh, this makes for a good month. It makes for a good Christmas. It makes for a good year. And uh, I think what God enjoys is when we give him praise, when we thank him, when we recognize that the far more that has happened in our life, right? Go back to that verse, that the far more that's happened in our life is according to his power, his power that has been at work in us. May we give him credit for what he's done. Hey, at your campuses, here's what I want you to do. Yeah, I want you to write on those cards. Your campus pastors are going to come. I want you to write on those cards. Uh, I want you to type it in. I want you to think about what God has done in your life. And then for some of you, uh, you may want to take the opportunity to share that, to share it publicly. So at this time, I'm going to ask the campus pastors to come. Father, I give you thanks that you are doing far more than we could ask or imagine according to the power at work within us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.